Here in Winnipeg, Dr. Tim Hebert has been recently working with severe COVID-19 patients. He also practices internal medicine, palliative care throughout Winnipeg, and he's got advanced degrees in chemistry and biochemistry. Now, with all that knowledge, he still doesn't know what the province's projections for the COVID-19 Delta variant is. So, yeah, again, thanks for taking time to talk to me today. Um, So... I guess overall, what are you seeing going on right now with our current COVID situation? Well, at at the moment, our our, the 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 number of cases that we have is is low, um, and it remains to be seen, you know, how quickly that might change. Um, What what I'm concerned about is that we've been making decisions about uh, public health measures. In the, in the absence of sharing um, modeling regarding the Delta variant, which is much more infectious. And also, um, from the last meeting, it seems to be they, they indicated that they didn't have modeling fully prepared in relation to the Delta uh, variant of COVID-19, which is much more infectious. That, that's very concerning. Yeah, for you, you know, as a doctor looking to see other parts of the world as they enter that fourth wave, and you see where we are right now in Manitoba, and you know, as uh, Manitoba has always been kind of trailing behind other parts of the world, what are you thinking about? Well, every jurisdiction that that has the Delta variant, when they've tried to, to open up and reduce uh when they've tried to reduce public health measures significantly, they've, they've been having outbreaks. And so the, the concern would be that we, we might have an outbreak here in the transition from mask mandates and, and uh, other, other mandated public health measures to recommendations that we are at risk of, of having, having a significant fourth wave here and having it in the fall while while our kids are are while children are expected to return to school for in person learning, my concern would be that we will have a fourth wave that will affect, yeah, will affect younger um, and younger people. Yeah, because along with that, we also uh, we don't know what the province knows or if they've got that kind of data. What we can expect in schools either, and of course, young people are the ones who can't get vaccinated right now. Um, I know in Manitoba, we haven't had a whole lot of young people who've wound up uh, more severely sick in the hospital. Um, but is that something you are thinking about for the fall? We, we, know that, we know that these new variants can affect children. We're seeing in the United States and in other countries, you know, large, uh, uh, large numbers of cases among children, including those under the age of 12, and also large numbers of children in hospital and large numbers of children in intensive care units, particularly in the United States. Um, when we think back to the to the waves that we've had, the, the first wave didn't really happen because because Manitoba essentially locked down before we had any significant incursion of of the Delta of the uh, of the COVID um, virus. The second wave tragically was a wave that that uh, affected our elderly. Our third wave was a wave that affected our Black, Indigenous, and people of color in a disproportionate wave. And our fourth wave is going to going to affect uh, 
is going to affect people who are unvaccinated. There are over 500,000 people in Manitoba who are not fully vaccinated. There are more than 200,000 children under the age of 12 who can't be vaccinated yet. And there are more than 300,000 eligible Manitobans over the age of 12 who haven't yet been fully vaccinated. That's half a million people. We're at risk of having a massive outbreak still. This outbreak will affect the unvaccinated. It will affect children. It will affect um, the BIPOC population. It will affect people who are disadvantaged disproportionately. Um, This is a major concern. Yeah, and I also know, um, like in the previous wave we just had, uh, because we didn't really have hospital space, a lot of folks were not able to get the health care that they normally would get. Uh, and someone in my town actually wound up dying. Uh, do you, like, is this something you also anticipate to come uh, if we do get this virus? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about, about that story, Taylor. I'm, I'm very concerned about it. Um, I've been working primarily at the Grace Hospital and at Health Sciences Center over the previous few months. And in both of those centers, um, the hospital is, is, is dealing with a very heavy burden of, of what you might call usual illnesses, but at a very, very high level. And, and that seems to be a result of delays in care, delays in diagnosis and delays in management up until now. And so there are a lot of people who are coming into hospital very sick with you with the illnesses that we see outside of a pandemic. Just this morning, there was a report of very long wait times in the emergency room at St. Boniface. And that's certainly something that we've been seeing. If we have a fourth wave, which is which is entirely possible with the current um, easing of restrictions, there are there are a couple of really big concerns. The first would be how this is going to affect children. Children in Manitoba have made tremendous sacrifices. They've lost their social activities. They've lost their physical activities. They've lost their clubs and, there's, and, and their, their athletics. They've lost in-person education. They've lost social contact. And their educational uh, uh, progress has suffered, and their emotional status and their mental health status has also suffered for all of this. They, de- they deserve for us to take steps to protect them and to protect the chance to have in-person learning in September. Children really need this and they deserve this. If, if we don't make the right decisions now um, about protecting um, at-risk populations, which do include children now, then we're at risk of, of children not being able to, not being able to uh, have in-person learning and, and suffer through another school, school lockdown and virtual learning. Other groups that, that, that will be in fact affected in a fourth wave would include the unvaccinated. And as I said, there are over 300,000 people who are eligible to be vaccinated who have not yet been vaccinated. Many of these people are disadvantaged in various ways with lower incomes, poor access to, to health care and to vaccines themselves. Some people are skeptical, but that's not the only group that hasn't been vaccinated. We have a tremendous burden of people who've been waiting for surgeries, who've been waiting for treatments, who've been waiting for care, and we're trying to treat them. If we have a fourth wave now with the healthcare teams in our various facilities so short-staffed and, and so tired, 
we may not be able to provide the care that everyone needs and deserves. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a tremendous concern. If you did get this modeling, how will that, uh, and it shows, you know, what cases we could, couldn't get, how will that impact uh, leading up to the potential fourth wave when it comes to medical care? Well, first of all, to, to make decisions about easing restrictions without having modeling that incorporates the Delta is is like driving with a blindfold and hoping for the best. It's 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 like making decisions without having the information that you need for the decision. It's guessing, and that's a really big concern. Um, if if we had a better idea of what will be coming, if we knew more about what the modeling shows, we would we as a group whether it's healthcare providers or people in the public would, would be able to make better decisions uh, regarding what we're doing. If we can see that increasing our contacts by 25% has this impact on the model or it increases, or if we see that increasing our contacts in, in another way uh, changes the model, then we can, we can act accordingly. That, that would be very helpful to know. Um, what what's important right now, because no matter what the modeling shows, these things are true, is Manitobans need to get vaccinated. Everyone who is eligible, everyone who is able to become vaccinated really needs to do so. And and we need to wear masks. There, there's really not a big downside to wearing masks right now whenever we're in public gatherings, whenever we're, when, whenever we're together in groups, whenever we're in uh, settings where we can't uh, practice adequate physical distancing, we should still be wearing masks. I would still strongly recommend that. Okay. Well, thanks so much for taking time to talk about this with me today. I appreciate it. Is there anything else that uh, I should have asked you about? Oh, I just have you know one final comment. I, I am a doctor, but just as importantly, and and even more importantly in many regards, I'm I'm a Christian, and my decisions about what I do as a doctor and my decisions about what I do in my community, uh, you know, have, have to, have to follow from, from my Christian faith. Um, people around us in our community, they are vulnerable. We might not be afraid for ourselves, but, but we should make decisions and we should take actions that are based on protecting those around us. We are God's hands. We are Christ's uh, servants here on earth and we need to make decisions that protect others and we need to make decisions that that place the needs of others higher than the needs of our own of ourselves we need to wear masks when we're in public when we're in groups we need to we need to get vaccinated we need to do these things out of care for others